0: Pack your bags with high quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to Quince.com/slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Online, on your mobile, and on FM. From the home of time, this is Maritime Radio, Greenwich. Charmed alive. Charmed alive. Charmed alive. <laughs>
1: Very good evening to you and welcome to Charlton Live. It's the Big Match Preview here on Maritime Radio. My name is Louis Mendez. Joining me in the studio here at the Valley is Nathan Mother. How are you doing, Nath? Yeah, not bad, mate. Living the dream. Excellent stuff. It's good to be back, isn't it, after the the international break?
2: Yeah, no, I haven't been... Well, I haven't been back for a while. Last time I saw was uh, the... uh good performance against Oldham
1: so, uh, <laughs> oh wow so, <laughs> well, yeah, I, here for the, I was in the races for the uh, you Rochdale game well, so. ironically we weren't at the races for either of those <laughs> games but, uh, do you want me to sum it up quickly the Rochdale game slightly better than the Oldham game but we lost instead of Drew the oh, Crawley right. game was the first game I've actually missed in about 18 months as well I missed that one quite a few of us missed that one Yeah, uh, and we lost uh, 2-0 luckily I was celebrating my granddad's birthday rather than <laughs> uh, celebrating the checkered to t- Trophy or whatever it's called the, um, <laughs> uh, On tonight's show we're going to look ahead to uh, Saturday's game here At the Valley with Coventry City And of course this game is going to be uh, Marked by a huge protest uh, the fans of uh, Charlton in the, the coalition against Roland du and their, uh, their supporters are being joined by the Fight the Jimmy Hill Way Alliance from Coventry City. Uh, they have their own protests against the owner, Sisu, uh, over at the Ricoh Arena. So we're going to look ahead to, uh, to that game and that uh, set of protests. Uh, what else have we got? We've got an interview with Kim Dixon, the uh, CFC women's captain. It's uh, uh, the FA's Girls Football Week this week, so we need to catch up with... Uh, with the ladies and see how they've been doing. They've been doing very well this uh, so far this season, so it actually be a nice um, chance to talk about a winning team uh, for a bit. And of course, uh, we're going to do a Choln Connection this week is Frank Musa because. Some of you lot voted for Frank Mooser over Leon McKenzie. I mean, see, Leon McKenzie's a really interesting story. You know, not only yeah. a bit of part player here perhaps, but he's got a really fascinating career. Uh, fascinating opening opening up about mental health problems and that sort of thing, especially during Mental Health Awareness Day was this week as well. So that would have been a really nice one. We could have talked about his boxing career, but no, you you guys had to chose Frank Musa instead. So we're going to talk about that goal we scored against Wigan.
2: We had a, we had a couple more. Some ra- <laughs> yeah. I'll talk about it later. Some random ones. Yeah. There was one guy I've never heard of in my life, but I did actually play for us. But. <laughs>
1: Yeah no yeah be be good
2: to have yeah. a bit of both but yeah Leon's a good one.
1: We're going to hear from Big Nuge, the uh, assistant uh, assistant manager. Russell Slade was sick today, so he wasn't able to do his um, his press conference. So Nuge uh, stepped in. We're going to hear from him. Uh, and, and like we say, look ahead to the the game itself against Coventry. Uh, we want to know what you guys are, are thinking ahead of this protest. I know there's been a, a fan uh, Twitter storm. Fans United hashtag Fans United this evening uh, to try and. Uh, Build build up the protest. So let us let us know what you guys think of, of what's going to happen this weekend. What you think of how the season's gone so far? All the usual sort of stuff. Um, and uh, yeah, and uh, so don't forget you can email us studio at cheltonlive.co.uk or you can tweet us at chelton Live. Right. So uh, as we've already mentioned at the top of the show on uh, on Saturday, the coalition. Uh, against Roland du Châtelet, joining forces with the fight, the Jimmy Hill-weight uh, alliance, uh, the commentary fans who are protesting against their owner, Sisu, in order to, uh, to to make a Fans United protest. Uh, there's going to be a big march from the Valley. Let's read out the, the statement from Card. And he says, News of the organised march, which is, uh, is the first announcement to be made regarding a series of protests planned for the League One match. So we're also we're expecting more as well, but the uh, the march is the only thing we know about. At the moment, says Card, uh, who are campaigning... Uh, for the absentee owner du Châtelet to sell the club after more than 2.5 years of mismanagement is working with the fight the Jimmy Hillway Alliance the alliance which comprises a series of Coventry supporters groups including the Sky Valley Trust PSB and Cof fans together is similarly trying to convince Sisu to leave their club fans of both clubs will meet at 2pm outside the Liberal Club on Cholton Church Lane just up from Cholton Station and will march to the stadium together at 2.15pm uh, so that's uh, we, we, we saw a once or twice last season really Nathan, where we saw um Fans of other clubs joining together. Now, in, in those cases, we're looking at the Brighton fans who, who marched with Charlton fans and the Burnley fans who were on the pitch, having just won the title, and were chanting "We want Roland out" at the mm. same time. And these were fans who, at clubs that were you know successful clubs, mm. clubs that are pretty harmonious at the moment and and, and building together. So this is slightly different to that. And so this is uh colliding with another club where where things haven't been going very well at all and they're really protesting against their own Assisi so this is going to be a, a different type of show of force but a, a, a show of how of what the fans can achieve when they come together
2: yeah and, and like you said you know the Burnley and Brighton it also shows uh, what you can achieve as a club when you have the owners that are all pulling in the same direction of the fans and Obviously, Saturday's going to be a you know, like you said, it's going to be a bit different because obviously we had Brighton and Burnley come down and the likes sort of saying their piece about getting the regime out, and but this time it's we're standing side by side with another who's with another club, another bunch of fans who their club's just getting ruined at the moment, and yeah, I mean it'd be interesting. I don't really know too much details about it, um, but obviously when the cards thing, I think it was a couple of weeks ago, wasn't it, when the card mm. said it was going to happen? Um, so I mean, yeah, it'd be interesting to see what happens um and yeah i just feel for commentary as well because we all sort of have a level of sort of empathy with each other of the sort of predicament that we're all in at the moment so yeah it would be interesting to see what happens on saturday
1: pete super addict tweets uh at chatman live says yeah a huge protest you didn't get that at qatar versus syria which is the game he went to the other day In his uh did he and, yeah he what's went, the he... score uh, I felt uh, there was definitely a penalty in it, so that's why I'm trying put it on Facebook. In <laughs> fairness, you could argue the Syrians have reason to be protesting more than we do, but um, he says he says there wasn't any protest there. Um, so the uh, there's a statement from the the card spokesman said we were repeatedly told. The mistakes have been made and lessons have been learned, but there is no improvement on or off the pitch. Just a string of plaudits and empty promises. Meanwhile, the club is disintegrating. Duchatelet has still not attended a match in England since October 2014 and recently dismissed the club as just 1.5% of his business interest, as, uh, as I got from that, that source. I so always wondered if the... Um, if if my source hadn't told me about that one point five percent, if the club would have actually put that line out when they tidied it up a bit with the target twenty k, because I don't think they did, I think they <laughs> reworded it. Yeah. Um. So I always wonder if we would have got that quote out there. But that is that is an important quote, the one point five percent quote, because it when you put a figure on it that low, it shows it does show a certain level of disinterest perhaps mm. for the the club that, that he owns.
2: Well, it's, a, it's it's another figure that they put out where they probably it's another own goal that they've done just from one of their. Hall of Fame of sort of PR and goals they've done, but um, we sort of know with them coming out with the one point five percent, just as it was the two two percent before, that they're not really helping themselves, and mm. I just didn't see the, the, <laughs> the need in saying it because it's, again, it's just shot themselves in the foot. But um, yeah, I know obviously, Coventry have got. I mean, I, I don't know too too much. I know they've had a bit about the ground and that, but mm. um, I don't. I think from di- I think the, the sort of difference is, you know, a bit variably different, but it's to say it comes all back to the same the sort of regimes and. It makes us wonder what this fit and proper person's test is because <laughs> all of these big clubs, you know, I'm not saying we're the Man United as well, but Colonshire were huge back in the day, you know, and we were in the Premiership once upon a time and we seem to be suffering, so something's got to happen. But I think when we go back to Brighton, done a march, it was Brighton that done a march for us, wasn't it? Before yeah, Brighton, and, yeah. and then, you know, shoulder to shoulder and it got a bit of interest, but I think when we've got another team in the same sort of predicament we are, both at the foot of the table, more or less, and then. Um, I think it'd be if 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 the, if the news get hold of it. I think if it's if it's widely sort of spread, I think it could have some real weighting behind it. Um, uh,
1: it's, it's definitely um, it's definitely attracting interest. We've exactly, all, I've already been so. asked to do a piece for Saturday as well. So from, yeah. so it's going to be on BBC London. There's going to be because it is because of the nature of the two clubs, two clubs that have you know famous clubs really. We've mm. won we won the FA Cup in 1947. We we're a Premier League an established Premier League team for. Majority of the last, well, you know, ten mm. years previous. Mm. Um, if you look at Coventry, they won the, the FA Cup recently in 1987, twenty years ago. They're a Premier League team. When did they go down? Yeah. 15 well, fifteen years ago, maybe. You know, these, these are two yeah. big teams, and to see, like, to see. Yeah, Coventry are rock bottom of League One of League One. We're struggling at the moment as mm. well. You know, these are two teams that are really the fact that they're struggling in this division shows how far they've fallen and that's something that will attract attention.
2: Yeah, I know, exactly. And like you said, I remember when I was growing up I always remembered Coventry being in the um being in the premiership. I think we played Coventry in an FA Cup game and they were like in the premiership. Think, was it Sean Newton who scored FA Cup? It might have been. Was that the free The free team? I game, think it yeah. might have been, yeah. But Commentary were always up there. Yeah, and yeah. to see where they are now, and, you know, Mowbray's no longer there, and he come out and said, you know, it's a, a team full of babies in a man's league. And yeah. <laughs> it, it, it is what it is, I and mean, it's just unfortunate that we've got these random owners, shall I say, random, <laughs> that are obviously had like a little plaything, and it's. um. Yeah, it's sad to see for both sides, obviously. But, I mean, Saturday, I think, like you said, massive waiting around the media and stuff, and then hopefully it can get out there and be quite a strong sort of message to everyone, I think. Qatar
1: won the game 1-0. 1-0 all, and it was a penalty. And it was a penalty, (laughs) I'll see in the video. Uh, Right, um, carrying on. Uh, card carried on saying taken uh, with the recent exposure of the ongoing role of mysterious and unqualified scout Thomas Driessen there is ample evidence the Charlton regime has neither the intention nor the capacity to change against this background it's hardly a surprise that the team has made its worst start at this level for 90 years uh, they carry on saying further details of the protest plans at the match will be announced on the day of the game, but following Card's recent announcement that is resuming its full range of match day protest activities, it's been confirmed that the protests will continue inside the stadium. And what do you make of that? Because that's something, I don't know if I'd say it's divided opinion, but mm. yes, some people will certainly be in favour of no protest whatsoever. Some mm-hmm. people don't want any. Uh, a lot. It feels like a lot of people want some form of protest, and whether that's inside or outside, that's people's decision. Well, what, yeah. do, what did you think of that? Is going to come back in now. I mean, they, they said at the start of the season they were going to allow this sort of time to to give Russell Slade the, yeah, the space he required. Yeah, but now they've... Uh, you know, whereas I mean, it's arguable whether it affects the play. Whether a five-minute delay at the start of the game would affect the players anyway? Mm. It didn't against Middlesbrough when we won that yeah. game, did it? Um, but you know, what's your views on it coming inside to the to the valley?
2: Yeah, well, just, uh, again, you're going to always going to have pockets. You, you're not you're not going to please everyone. You know, you're going to always have divided opinion. And but I mean, um, as long as it's done in a safe way, you know, if they if they protest, you know, things safe L- ways L- they closed years ago. Aren't they? <laughs> Oh, yeah, I yeah, mean, you like loving some stuff, you know, that could hurt it's people. You know, loving stuff that can hurt people, and obviously they're not. But um, but they've never done that. No, though, exactly, yeah. and it's always been it's always been safe, in my opinion, and I don't think it, it's got a message out, and it's been shown all around, which is what the the prime sort of aim is. Um, whatever happens on Saturday, it'll probably be the first time where. I don't know if both t- both both teams would be doing it. That would be the first from coming to every single stand. That would be quite yeah. a quite a view. Um, that's if it, that does happen. I don't know. I have no idea. But um,
1: yeah, that's always that's always the excitement, isn't it? On, on a protest, so you don't actually know what's going like to happen. A lottery. Yeah, yeah. Sure. We, Odds. Odds. Yeah. With Paddy power. Yeah, we don't know. Paddy power. Paddy, Paddy <laughs> power. Three to one. Something's going to get logged on the pitch. <laughs> evens that someone you
2: know. <laughs> someone takes a sofa or something yeah. <laughs> uh,
1: so yeah that that is the excitement I assume there's going to be some sort of 12 well, I don't know if it's certain but some, some, something along the lines of the 12pm announcements which they're doing towards the end of last season I was mm. always in the Valley Cafe when they came out as well yeah. as the they time. did like it's the fine. beer mats and all that sort yeah. of stuff didn't they before so yeah. they might do something like that and, and it, it keeps it, I guess it keeps the club guessing as well
2: yeah no exactly I mean that's what they want to do is they want to try not let the club sort of catch wind of it so obviously they don't stop Whatever they're going to do, because otherwise, if they do, then their message isn't going to get out. So, um, but I think it makes it proves a little bit more difficult for the club now, especially if both teams are involved. Because before they could just concentrate on home fans, whereas now they're probably going to—I don't know how many people commentary are going to bring.
1: I think um, they've sold 1,100 tickets see, already. For, to be fair, for, if you're bottom
2: in a League One, that's still pretty decent. Whether or not it's mainly motivated by the the whole sort of protest and stuff, whatever. But I still 1,100 fans to. Uh, on an away-down when you're absolutely at bottom of the league, isn't that bad? So, again, it gives the club another sort of things to think <laughs> about. So it will be interesting, so at least.
1: Yeah, uh, the card have also uh, encouraged uh, supporters to purchase tickets in the lower West Stand. Hmm. Uh, so I'm guessing like, uh, near the, uh, the director's, the director's spot. box. So yeah. You wonder what the, the plan is exactly there. Uh, then they've got some quotes from the fight, the Jimmy Hillway Alliance uh, spokesman. Uh, spokesperson, sorry, said uh, the prospect of two sets of rival supporters working together is rare and we look forward to marching alongside the Charlton fans. With Card and the Fight the Jimmy Hillweight Alliance having very similar aims, we hope it will capture the attention of the media and we need publicity to put pressure on uh, Joy Sepala, Coventry's owner, to come to the negotiating table and sell our club. Nine years of total mismanagement is enough and time for Sisu to go. Mm. Uh, The card spokesman then added, Cheltenham and Coventry are clubs in crisis. That crisis is caused by their owners. We are stepping up our efforts to remove Duchatelet and support Coventry in their efforts. With no one uh, in authority prepared to take action against owners that are openly showing contempt towards supporters. Fans across the country are joining forces to take action themselves. So I'm guessing that's that, that quote there from Card is leaning towards you looking at the Football League and the yeah, the FA uh, implying that, that there's not enough done by, by people like that for <clears throat> for on owners that they feel aren't, aren't supporting the clubs in the way that they should be.
2: No, and, that, and, that's, the, and that's the problem because we, I said it earlier about the, the fit and proper person's test, but I think nowadays ch- football's changed so much. I think they see it more as a business there than re- realising and remembering how it all came about that we were all sort of community clubs and it was a working class game and you know everyone sort of looked forward to it on a sa- Saturday or a Sunday. And now it's just a case of big big money and, I mean, if if they're lining their pockets full of money for whatever reason, why are they going to bother saying anything, do you know? And mm. and that's the sad thing because I think money is the main motivator and why should they say anything? I know we all agree that they should, but we're not going to be able to do that until we, you know, do these sort of protests and it gets out there.
1: Well, that's the, the, the only thing I've always wondered, like, what power could the FA have to use against a, a business you know a business that's i mean it's playing within their competition yeah. so they can set those rules but mm. realistically if, Ron- if Ronan wants to to run the club the way he has i mean you all i've always wondered what power they could have mm. apart from whatever fit and proper pest uh, Fit and proper person test mm. they can have if, if if they pass that I mean it, it yeah. seems quite easy to pass that if we're being honest Massimo Celli you know Leeds got through and he he was uh, embroiled in, in some sort of dodgy stuff wasn't he at times you know you, you, what power do you think they could actually have well, look, is the question.
2: well to be fair I mean I, I, you have the FFP which has turned out to be a whole load of farce anyway so you have that but I mean you're right legally you know. <laughs> if you if you if you everyone if there's people out there that are their own knowing business no one can sort of dictate to them how they run their business that you you know you have to be successful everyone strives to be successful but you obviously people think how to be successful in different ways and obviously ours is catastrophically failing um but yeah there is there is very minimal they can do in terms of saying this is how you should run your business because that's down to Roland's way and that's his what it's he's ownership of it sort of thing but i mean yeah i think they should bring a lot more in to see to sort of even if there's some sort of charter of you know community and i don't know there should be something there that i you know i'm not i haven't got a magic wand but i think there should be something there which can can sort of try and force out these randoms but
1: yeah <laughs> uh, roger Trass says it's got to be a pitch invasion get the game abandoned everybody sit down in the center circle i haven't seen that since the 80s here with the uh yeah the last game was it against stoke i think um uh, when we were being moved from the Valley. Uh, Pedro Rock says, uh, I tell you what it would be really brilliant if Coventry City won the game, that'd show Roland. If they did win, we could send Roland to Coventry. I bet he'd appreciate the irony. I'm told he has a great sense of humour. <laughs> uh, I mean, even the first bit. I mean, does Roland... Take into account too much defeat uh, so maybe, maybe
2: maybe they'll both be there. Well, Roland won't obviously, but maybe they'll Skype each other and then decide <laughs> collaboratively. Collaboratively, I can't even say that, that they're both going to sell. And maybe
1: they could have, they could have some sort of video call like the yeah. the, 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 um, the the baddies often do in uh, like James Bond or, or in Austin Palace Yeah, <laughs> could be little
2: pen pals or something. Do you yeah. know what I mean? But yeah, hopefully they will. But yeah. I can't see that. Uh,
1: Robin Lisbon says, looking forward to fans coming together Saturday to show this rotten regime that we won't let them run us into League Two and sell. The Valley. That's uh, Robin Lisbon there here on Charton Live. You can get your uh, tweets in at Charton Live or you can email us studio at Live.co.uk Tom Sperling's done just that. He says, With all the negativity around the club at the moment, coupled with talk of land grabs and plots to see us relegated to League Two, it's easy to lose sight of the fact that the players we've got are, on paper, a lot better than this league. It's time they took some responsibility. Solly, Pierce, Bower, Jackson, and Jose need to start doing the business before it's too late. 5 0 on Saturday, come on. Charlton I mean for starters uh, on, on that list of players I don't think Solly's really put much of a foot wrong for me uh, no I think
2: it was one game apparently had a bad game yeah. but um, yeah no I, I think that's a whole different level of how we're underperforming as a team I think um, I think if you look we're probably going to it later but I think if you look at our forward line there's no way that we, sh- we should be that's top six that striker that striker option I mean you look mm-hmm. at teams of Rochdale and Oldham who've come here and yeah they probably didn't pass us off the pitch Oldham Oldham did really I think but they ain't blessed with and gifted with four fabulous strikers and we are and we're just not playing as a team at, at the moment, but we'll come on to that. But um yeah, I mean on um, yeah, I don't know. I mean it's, it's I don't really know what to say because I'm just again I'm just chomping it a bit for Saturday to come now, because I just want to see what unfolds. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, it will be fascinating, right? I mean, let, let, let's delve in more into the the issue with Coventry City. I read mm. a, a great article by Paul McInnes of the Guardian uh it only came out yesterday so it's quite useful <laughs> to, to talk about what's going on at, at Coventry I mean, he says um it's fair to say the club running I mean he, he goes through he's, he's listed the achievements like the 1987 uh cup final win and how they were a Premier League team 20 years ago 10 years ago they were a championship team uh obviously they moved out of Highfield into the Rico arena they had the problem where they ended up going to Northampton and they did come back but now it sounds like um uh it's not it's it, nothing's really settled there he 's saying the most pressing concerns for commentary belong beyond their league position, which as you all know is rock bottom of, of league one or two five. What happens when the clubs deal with the Rico arena runs out at the end of next season, and more immediately the continued existence of the club's category two. Uh, Academy, uh, the club's lifeline. Both these issues are complicated by the poisonous relationships between Sisu and the council. the latter, which owns the freehold on the Rico Arena, while another company, Area Coventry Limited, holds the lease. In 2013, ACL was half-owned by the council and half by a local charity, the Alan Higgs Children's Charity, is now owned entirely by Wasp Rugby Club. And you can see there's all these layers of Random. confusion. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, there's, there's nothing settled there. There's, there's no rock solid foundation in, in mm. terms of even owning your own ground. And you know what kinds of grounds in terms of money coming in, that sort of thing. If you, if you don't even own your own ground, you can understand why it's such a mess. Um, it's such a mess for the Coventry fans. It's a Sisu decision in 2012 to withhold rent on the basis that the terms were too high for a League One club, uh, ACL fell into arrears and the council agreed to loan the company $14.4 CC promptly asked for a judicial review, claiming this amounted to inappropriate aid from the state. Uh, the subsequent review from the High Court found in ACL's favour with the judge, also accusing Cecil of mismanagement and finding it had no strategy for maintaining a sustainable football club, except that one that involved the purchase at a knockdown price of at least 50% share in ACL and bust the arena. So, therefore, it sounds like they're trying to play games and mm. get, get this sort of ownership of, of, of the, uh, the stadium or 50% yeah. of it through, uh, through some do- from dodgy dealings. Uh, CSU in the. Uh, Process of appealing once again this time to the p- Supreme Court. Uh, legal costs currently thought to be uh, total more than one million pounds. So you can see why money well spent, then. Yeah, yeah why the commentary fans are having uh, having uh, uh, arguments with with their owners as well. It's an owner who mm-hmm. looks like they're trying. They've, they've got no plan, according according to these guys. They've got they've got nothing going on there, mm-hmm. and and that that's been a problem we've had here with no plan. You can yeah. see why commentary fans are protesting as well.
2: I'll just about to say it sounds a bit familiar. You know, mm-hmm. you're a mess off the pitch. Is it any surprise to anyone that both of us really are in a mess on the pitch as well? But, um, I mean, yeah, it just, it just, again, with them, I think there's so many layers and so many random stuff happening, especially with the ground and stuff. Um, yeah, it's, like I said, there's no surprise they are where they are, unfortunately. And um, I mean, you don't have a club that's, you know, trying to drive the direction where they want to be, where, you know, are they going to try and get into the Premiership one day the way it's going and the way it looks, there, no one has a clue. No one have, what's happening next week, let alone in five five years time or whatever. Just like we are, I don't think we we've all, all come out. You know, they've come out and said, "Oh, we want to get to the Premier League," but it doesn't really look like it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And th- from the decision they've made, it is going to happen. So, for both sides, it's, it's, it's sad. But I mean, we just have to hope something happens soon.
1: Yeah, And just a sad, a sad. Quite really, from at the very end of this go- of the Guardian piece from. Uh, one of the uh, the Coventry, uh, I think, supporters club people uh, says a fair chunk of people have just had enough. Again, sounds familiar. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've gone to watch other teams, or they've gone to watch the Wasps, the the rugby team. Uh, once we were respected in English football, once we won the FA Cup, if Jimmy Hill could see where we were now, he'd be mortified. So mm-hmm. obviously, I'm Jimmy, I mean, Jimmy Hill. Uh, the fight, the Jimmy Hill Way Alliance, is is what the uh, the Coventry City protest group is is named after. Mm-hmm. Uh, the um, the, uh, the, the 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 fans there are clearly trying to remember him. He, said, he he did have a link with Charlton actually. I mean, yeah. He was director for a, for some time, uh, so that is a link between the club. Um, but yeah, sadly passed away last year. We can see the the, the fans fans in use, by using that name are fighting for the history of the club, and that's something that Charlton fans talk about as well, fighting for the history of the club. They feel that some fans feel that the current owners don't respect the history of the club. Yeah. Uh, so you can see that you know th- these are two clubs steeped in tradition and steeped in history, uh, who who feel like they're they're being just sort of um, Disrespected, really. Yeah,
2: it's steeped in community as well. You know, both clubs are, you know, they all come together to try and win their club back. And you know, we've done it once before, and we're going to be trying and doing it again. And and I think it just put, it, it just shows of big business will never win. You know, it's, it's it's our clubs, and and that's what we're always going to try and maintain. And whoever comes in, because everyone should be involved in their football club. And for both of us at the moment, and even if you look to the lights at Blackpool, it's not happening at the moment. And um yeah, so hopefully we can all pull together like we want Saturday and then take it from there.
1: No. Yeah, trying to catch up with Blackpool so we can play them and uh, and yeah. have a protest together. That might be difficult. Well, they're, st- they're struggling in League Two now. Yeah. It's incredible, really, when you think about it, like yeah. how how these teams can uh, can uh, go down the league uh, so uh, so quickly. Really, right? Let's have a, a quick break. We're to come back and talk a bit more about the uh, the protest that's planned for this uh, for this Saturday. Uh, back in a, a few moments here on Channel Life.
3: Cousins, lovely ball into the part of Goodmanson. Can he take his man on? Oh, he does. He's trying to be pulled back but he's in the area. The ball across to Vedicale! And there's a goal! Charlton have the lead again. Super work. Firstly from Henderson to roll it out of Cousins who did a pinpoint pass into the part of Goodmanson and instead of Goodmanson going on his own a slide rule ball across the penalty area picked out Vedicale who buried his chance and Charlton 2-1 up. From the home of time, this is Maritime Radio,
1: Greenwich. Carol, a heavy defeat at Burnley today, how do you sum that one up? We were good. Charlton Live. Welcome back to Charlton Live. There, I think I'm going to play that on every show ever until, the end of, until this lot's out.
2: He got sacked the other day, didn't he?
1: Yeah, Carol Fry sacked from normal United. Yeah. Let's not turn normal United into a team that has to go everywhere and win or even play well. And let's escape from in-washing baskets. We were talking because of was slightly side When Carol uh, unfortunately lost his job on there. Uh, uh, I think it was Saturday evening uh, I was just remembering some of the glory days from Carol and obviously you've got the funny story where I mean it didn't happen but it's a funny story where where someone uh, I think it was BBC Essex tweeted that he'd, he'd escaped from, <laughs> from, uh, <laughs> from the Western Homes Community uh, Centre <laughs> Uh, in a in a laundry basket or a, <laughs> laundry but, um, van, yeah. Well, they said it was a laundry van. It was it was actually just a small minibus that the club had. so say it,
2: laundry vans like yeah. they're in America yeah. now, all those yeah. big yeah. things.
1: But it's just the way the way that that story uh, <laughs> that, that story morphed into Carol Fry going into a washing machine and disappeared or something. <laughs> uh, but my fa- my one of my favorite stories, and um, uh, we got a few of them from Carol Fry. There was one that I've, I've sort of alluded to before when me and him had to have a little chat away at Bristol City, which I won't go into too much details, <laughs> but that was pretty funny. Uh, but it was the fact that obviously he'd um. Two two stories on Cal Fry. So basically, uh, anyone who was listening a couple of weeks ago, I I decided to to play again a, a clip we'd made. Um, of Carol Fry, of where I mashed up Carol Fry's interview with uh, a Spice Girl. I don't think I've got that still. No, I haven't still got that unfortunately. Uh, where I mashed it up with a Spice Girl song, so that was quite funny. But bas- basically, the day before, we'd had a little chat at Bristol City, just a little, you know. Cl- he wanted to find out what I was all about and tell me off. And uh, <laughs> and uh, uh, at, at that point, I was just saying, you know, saying, oh, you know, I'd just half mentioned that I'd, I'd, I'd do do a chat live podcast as well, I'd do a band <laughs> podcast. Oops. And then I, I found out on on the day he got sacked at Huddersfield. Uh, from an anonymous source that he, he <laughs> Carol Fry used to listen to the podcast and rates it as well uh, yeah. five star five star so that'll be our right. <laughs> only a review actually if you want to review us five stars feel free to go ahead I don't think got just don't reviews. sign it I actually yeah. do sign it as Carol yeah. Fry yeah, yeah, yeah please do yeah. But, um, so, so it was only after I put two and two together So, so I told Carol Fry um, on that day at Bristol City Boxing Day that I ran a Charlton Live podcast. So, And then I found out later that he listened to it. So you presume he'd started listening to it the next day, because as soon as you find out Charlton Live's out there, you press subscribe, don't you? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, tell all your friends and family. <laughs> and uh, So I'm guessing he heard that, that, um, that uh, Carol Fry being mashed up with... Um, uh, with the Spice Girl song, so that might have been why. When it comes to the Huddersfield game, I think he'd pretty much decided before the game he wasn't going to speak to press that evening, uh, and I was told it's because he'd heard some. I was told it's possibly because of something he'd heard on uh, on John Life.
2: <laughs> didn't want another. We'll have find another song yeah. and make a little album.
1: Yeah. So, yeah, so, so possibly that that might be part of the reason why he decided uh, uh, he didn't want to speak to us after Huddersfield. I mean, he'd already known he'd been sacked by then. But anyway, because he'd already known he'd been sacked. Uh, and he told Jason Newell like, so I I pretty much knew before the game that he wasn't going to speak to the press after but I, I didn't want to tweet just in case he had a change of heart until it was confirmed by the club uh, but then we found out uh, he definitely wasn't coming out to, to speak to us because after he'd gone into the dressing room he stormed off to get on a coach only to find the coach wasn't there so he had to come back and stay in the dressing room again for a little while
2: and is that where you had the famous quote of the uh, Jason Newell in the shower
1: yeah, that's there. That's when. That's when. That's when. At the time, I thought it would make sense to to tweet that, to tweet that Jason was in the sh- was currently in the shower because at the time it, it did make sense that he was in the shower. That's why we were told we might get an interview with him. I currently I tweeted he's currently in the shower. That's what well, that was the idea. But um, yeah, that didn't quite quite work out the way uh, we wanted. Right uh, after a lovely little Carol Fry interlude, there. Let's get back onto the uh, the situation that's uh, going to happen here at the Valley. On Saturday, I thought, I thought that, uh, tonight there's been a trending attempt. Uh, hashtag fans united card. Uh, it looks like many Charlton fans got onto that one today. Fans tweeting why they're going to be protesting on uh, Saturday. So I thought I'd just read out a couple of those. Uh, Peter Lowe says, I'm not attending the game. I'm a Coventry fan, but what is happening to Charlton uh, and Coventry is appalling good luck at the protest uh uh dave lockwood says i'm protesting between the because the club i once knew as uh, and loved has been destroyed by an incompetent fool as an experiment uh, simon bruce says i'm protesting saturday because i've always been a fan uh not a customer joe charlesworth says i'm protesting on saturday because we need because uh, we used to be a well-respected and run club we're now a laughing stock uh Cards saying spot the difference between uh, Roland who cares 1.5% and they've tweeted a young fan who cares 100% Uh, Dan Dobson I'm protesting on Saturday because if Roland and Sisu continue both clubs may become beyond a player Uh, Freddie Saunders I'm protesting on Saturday because I'm not turning my back on something so special to me I will fight for it Ben Tegg says I'm protesting on Saturday because they put more into these events uh, talking about the match day event for Saturday which is young Greenwich uh, than the actual football uh (laughs) Samantha Mason says 98.5% interested in keeping CAFC and seeing 1.5% disinterested. Roland out, Mayor out, uh, CSU out. Protest Saturday because we're working. Cool fact a crocodile
0: can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some
2: states. United Healthcare short term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com.
1: Earth, so much more. So a lot of fans they're getting involved with this, and gonna, it's, it's going to be a big protest on Saturday. It? Both fans of both clubs.
2: Yeah, no, it seems like it's going to be huge. And I mean, even the the protest, uh, when we had the, the mock funeral, um, that 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 generated loads of people. So you think it's, you know times pass there, uh, it's going to step up a little bit more. Then you're going to have other fans. It's probably going to be a lot bigger than the mock funeral, I think. And um, I think like we've already said, you know, teams from both. Sort of sides with different coloured jerseys on stuff. It's going to be quite prominent, and um, yeah, so it's going to it's going to be a lot bigger than I think the club probably expect. Um, they probably think it'll be another sort of you know nothing will happen, but I think they might be a bit surprised and probably what they're going to have in store. So yeah,
1: John Pitcher's replies to Tom Sperling's email from earlier says strikers maybe top six, but the midfield is bottom two. No pace or creativity uh, in the centre, and I guess that comes. Back to part of the reason people may be protesting is they look at the uh, the squad and they, you know, you, you, you look at what what you think Russell was trying to achieve with these, you know, sporting players of British experience. which is what we do need. When I say British experience, I mean people who know this sort of level of football. It doesn't necessarily have to be English or British people, mm. but and that's the same with the manager. It doesn't have to be English or British people, but people who understand this 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 level of football and that sort of thing. Uh, and, and you just look at the squad, and you just you know, we, we we are looking at the strike force. You think there, there was goals in that strike force last season at this level for different mm. clubs? You know, look at the defense. I think I think we've got a pretty handy. Deal. Yeah. We, we've got plenty of options at centre back, and you know, there's there's enough quality in there. We've got a decent goalkeeper in Declan Rudd. Dylan Phillips is a decent backup. You just look at that midfield and at yeah. times it feels a bit too similar at times it hasn't clicked yet mm. you know at times people will talk about um, tactics as well but they'll talk about the squad and they'll look at the level of player and they'll just wonder if we've been left with an unbalanced squad again
2: yeah we have I mean uh, and the, the, we all know that we've got like you said we've decent forwards and a decent you know back four and you know we've got an okay average sort of midfield but I think the thing that grates me is I'm, it's not the fact that that we didn't, didn't We possibly, I think we did try and sort of improve it I just think with all the money that we're sort of spending on cast-offs um, for you know the Ceballos the Veticales and you know got to share who ain't even playing all those sort of players are not on cheap wages you know and if they were if they if they were off offloaded in the summer like probably 90% of people probably would at another club we'd have more money to sort of spend and possibly just improve the midfield a lot more but um, I think that's my biggest gripe with it is that we've not mm. We've just got all these people out on loan, Tony Watt. You've got all these people we should've just offloaded and had the funds to properly strengthen it, but we just haven't. So we're still paying for these players to play Yeah, it all
1: comes down to the, the sort of recruitment we were doing and we get lumbered yeah. with these players who perhaps aren't good enough or you know, per- perhaps weren't really ready to come to Charlton in, in some cases, and you know, the likes of Tony Watt perhaps didn't, didn't it hasn't worked out for him here, mm. but that's that, that's the sort of thing perhaps you can try and run beforehand. And then you look at um uh, you know, like you say Nabi Saar, players like him, yeah. uh, El Hadji asked, I think, according to Richard Corley, asked the club to pay up his contract, but he's still <laughs> here because we're not because you know we we signed players like him on, on too long con- contracts that are too long they're um, unproven as well yeah, you know? and, and we ended up get, getting stuck with them I mean for every Johan Berg Goods, Goodmanson that's coming on a two year deal we've ended up shipping out other players on, on much um, on, on, on much longer contracts mm. who, who we can't seem to get shot of. I tweeted out on the chat on live account asking if uh, if uh, you're going to be protesting yourself this uh, this weekend and uh, this, this guy um, who appears to sit on the fence he's a uh, uh, his uh, Twitter name is at sell the club Roland time to go uh, he says yeah definitely be taking part inside <laughs> and outside the time has come to take back our club it's judgment day uh, and Ray Bates uh, tweets say uh, uh, tweets Chat live saying stop these clowns killing our club uh, Chat live were a photo of uh, Roland and uh, and Katrina which he's gone to the effort of uh, photoshopping on uh, clown hats and the big red noses so I, I appreciate your uh, your um, your graft there uh, uh, Ray well done right we're going to have a quick break here on Chat live then we're going to talk about something slightly more positive for a change uh, I caught up with Kim Dixon the uh, CFC women's captain we're going to hear well, how Kim has assessed the uh, the start to the season? If anyone's been a uh, a follower of the women's team, you would have noticed that the uh, there's been a change in, in manager uh, for the first team, but it's been a positive start to the season. So after this break, we're going to hear the uh, chatwin live uh, interview here with Kim Dixon. <laughs>
3: McCoffy's line he's gone for it you know oh Oh, what a goal oh what a goal goal? by Armikachi oh that's almost at the halfway line unbelievable strike that is outrageous right footed he saw McCoffy's line what a goal
1: Charlton Live. Charlton Women's uh, captain Kim Dixon, join us on the phone. Kim, how are you? I'm good, thank you. Yeah, thanks, thanks for joining us here on uh, on Charlton Live. It's been a it's been a great season, a great start to the season for for the Women's team. Top of the league so far. How do you feel it's gone so far? Yeah, obviously
4: um, the teams below us haven't. They haven't played as many games as us, us yet, but we're doing we're doing well. I'd rather be up there than obviously chasing. Um, but yeah, we can't can't complain. We've only lost once, um, and we've drawn a couple of games with the others. We've um, won quite comfortably, so we, yeah, we're quite we're quite happy to where we're sitting at the moment.
1: Yeah, last time out, two-one win against Lewis as well, and uh, b- before that, I draw with Palace, and is, is a, a bit of a rivalry game for you that one.
4: Yeah, we um, drew both games with them, and they're both night games, and there was, they were both very similar games, but in different, first game we were 3-0 up and drew 3-all, <laughs> and the second game they were 2-0 up and we drew 2-all, and we probably should have won that, to be honest with you, hmm. um, so yeah, very, very weird games to be involved in, um, but yeah, we're still, still point to point, so we'll take it.
1: And yeah, you can't, you can't argue with just that one defeat so far in, in, in the season.
4: No, no, we we we. Um, the scoreline didn't reflect the game in that one. There was just too many, too many individual mistakes in that game that cost us. And Coventry are a good side anyway; they'll be up there. Um, mm. But yeah, we'll we'll hopefully learn from that.
1: Now, um, people who, who follow the women's team will have uh, will have noticed that Jill Parsons uh, has resigned, uh, and he's been yep. replaced by was it Paul Paul McDonough? Paul McDonough.
4: Yeah. Yep. Yeah. He's, he's in now.
1: Yeah. So I mean, so so that was was, was that a bit of a shock? Jill resigning. <laughs>
4: Um, I, well, yeah, it was a bit of a show. He's he's done really well for us. Um, but I think it's affected, um, like his family life and his work. I don't think he, when he first took it over, thought it'd take up so much, so much time. Um, but, but he's, he's done really well for us. I can't really, you know, he's, he's left with his head held high, um, and, and took us as far as we can really. Um, so it's good that Paul's come straight in, um, no real, no real issue there. Um, just a transition, really, of just that. So yeah. it's quite, quite good.
1: Paul's been involved with the club before. He? he was, um, was he jail's assistant last season as well. So, so, so you know him well.
4: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this year he's um, the regional talent centres uh, director. Um, for the youngsters so that he's, he's um, been around quite a lot um, over pre-season um, and seen how it's all getting on so he looks after 10s up to 16s
1: um, oversees that as well so he's got quite a big role at the moment Has Paul come in and told you what, he, uh, what his hopes are for this season what his targets are?
4: Yeah I think uh, at the time obviously after the commentary game everyone was a little bit down so it was about bouncing back and getting some points on the board um, and I think we've done that quite well Um and yeah, just literally take each game as it comes at the moment. I think that's what we're looking at to looking at to doing.
1: Yeah, uh, next game this Sunday against Basildon in the FA Women's Premier League Cup is that at home at Thamesmead?
4: Yeah, that's a, at Thamesmead. We're um, that's a cup that I we won a couple of years ago, and it's probably the biggest cup you can win in in our league. Um, so for me, that that's a fond memory of winning that cup. So I'd love to go far in that again.
1: How, how have uh, the attendances been down at Tensmead for you for you this this last couple of years? I mean, was there was there any sort of bounce after the the women's the the England women's team got to the semi final of the World Cup? Um,
4: there's been a, we've got some supporters that um, are, are true fans at the moment. We got one one guy from Bolton that, uh, that comes Nick, down. It? Yeah, he comes down and fair play to he comes down every other week to watch us play. Um, I think he's crazy, but the girls love the support <laughs> um, and he's a nice guy as well. Yeah, he's a tough um, guy. I mean, so okay. it's, so it's, it's nice to have support like that um, and he's Cheltenham through and through and obviously been a Cheltenham fan as well, it's quite nice to get people like that coming. Um, I think we've had a few Cheltenham supporters come down as well um, to, to a few games and so that's been really good as well.
1: Hmm. Now another way we've seen uh, fans supporting... Uh, the women's team this season. There's some sad news, really, with Gemma Shepherd. She's only recently scored a hundredth goal for the club, but she suffered uh, from a hip injury now, and uh, yeah. I think that the waiting list for the uh, for the operation with the NHS was too long, so she's had to go and get it. Uh, she's had to go private and get get it funded. Now she she set up a, a GoFundMe page, and uh, was it was it five grand she had to raise? And
4: yeah, five grand.
1: And, and she's picked that up from uh, well, was five hundred pounds from Valley Gold, I saw, but loads of donations from Charlton fans as well. It must be really great. Yeah, yeah fair play to. Her.
4: I think. Um, a couple of Tottenham fans were literally retweeting it um, and and it, it hit off. It was fivers here and there or a little bit more here and there but it all add up and she's smashed her target really um, and I think she's having the op maybe next week. Mm. Um, so it, it does us a favour because after the op I think it's 13, 14 weeks rehab. Yeah. So it, she will play again this year um, which we need her back as soon as possible really. Um so, but that's that's what this club's about, really, um, and it's nice to see that to, for the women to be involved. Of it's not nice for Gemma to have the injury, but for something like that to bring the women's and the men's uh, fans together and show a little bit of unity is great for for how it looks.
1: If I remember rightly, you know, you know yourself what it's like to go through a long. Were you, were you part of the ACL club with the? Yeah, you know.
4: yeah, I, I done my ACL um, about a year and a half ago now. Um, obviously Gemma's had an ACL as well. Um, and she's one that when she's injured, everyone, everyone knows not to talk to her because she's, she don't take it very well. Um, Mm. she loves football. She's massively, massively, football's her life. Um, so for something like that, to people to get money for her, she I think she really, really appreciate it. So, yeah, thanks to all the Tottenham fans that obviously donated to her.
1: Excellent stuff. Now, the, the other reason I wanted to speak to you this week is uh, it's the FA Girls Football Week. So uh, you're, you're involved with the, the coaching of, uh, of the younger age groups as well. So how important is, is the FA Girls Football Week to try and get girls involved playing at uh, that sort of age?
4: Yeah, massively. I think we obviously start um, like under 10s, um, and they play in a boys' league, under tens and twelves, they play in a boys' league, which is I think it's great for their development when I was a kid playing playing with boys all the time. So I think that I think that's gonna help massively going forward for them. Um and obviously I had the under sixteens and they're doing they're doing the obviously the RTC at the moment and they're doing really well against Chelsea, Reading, um, teams like that. So we're we're on the map at the moment. Um and the players are coming through, and that's the main thing. We've got a few players coming through that could, in a few years, do really well.
1: Yeah, you see that a lot in, in the men's team, how the, the youth players always get their opportunity in the first team. Is that something that happens quite a lot in the women's team as well, then?
4: Yeah, no, I think it probably happens more in the um, in the women's team. Um, like Kit, I coached Kit when she was under 12. So <laughs> I'm now playing in the same team as her, and she's, <laughs> still, she's still only 20. Um, it makes me sound really, really old, but... Um, she she's obviously come through and started playing when she was 16, 17. Um, so if they're good enough, they're never old enough to play. So that's how we look at it.
1: Excellent stuff. Well, Kim, thanks so much for joining us uh, on the phone here on, on Chantwin Live this evening. And uh, best of luck for the rest of the season.
4: All right, no worries. Thanks a lot.
3: Cousins, lovely ball into the part of Goodmanson can he take his man, on? No, he does, he's trying to be pulled back but he's in the area, the ball across to Vendekayli, and there's a goal Charlton have the lead again, super work, firstly from Henderson to roll it out of Cousins who did a pinpoint pass into the part of Goodmanson and instead of Goodmanson going on his own, a slide ball across the penalty area picked out Vendekayli who buried his chance and Charlton a 2-1 up Shelton and Hello? From, the home, of From time, the home of time. This is Maritime Radio. Greenwich.
1: So that was uh, Kim Dixon on the phone. I caught up with Kim last night. She's the CFC Women's Team uh, captain. Also uh, uh, helps to coach the, uh, the some of the younger age groups as well. As you heard there, uh, this is this week has been the FA's Girls Football Week, encouraging girls to get involved uh, with the game. There's, uh, I think, it was, I think she said it was under tens is the the level they start at, at Cheltenham. And if uh, you know, the, obviously, I think when, when you're a boy, when, when you're growing up like we was, there's, there's always plenty of options to, to get into football. And I mm. guess there. You, you hope that they're, they're getting more and more options now available for for girls as well.
2: Yeah, I mean when, when I used to um, knock about when well, my knee wasn't that bad, <laughs> I, uh, yeah, there was always there was there were entrance entrances, you know, for the for girls' football. But like you said, not nowhere near as much as there are for for boys' football. And it, it, teams like you know, like Charlton are doing well, and also you know other teams, successful women's women teams like Arsenal and Fulham and stuff. They need a bit bit more of a platform I think in terms of the media and then to try and sort of put it out there a lot more and try and get girls into into football if they like that and um, you know it's great, great to see that the girls are doing great or the women's rather then doing, uh, doing great at what they do and um, yeah I mean obviously if I lived, lived a little bit more local because I play at Thamesmead don't they?
1: Yeah I play down at Sporting Plus yeah. Thamesmead at home to Basildon in the Cup on Sunday uh, I can't remember the last time I went. I think it's about it's not much to go in, it's no, it's no, four quid maximum to go in. It's, it's a bit of a journey.
2: I mean, yeah. where we are, we're a bit of a, bit of a journey yeah. to Thamesmead. But I mean, if you're in surrounding areas, obviously go yeah. down and um. but then again, I can't really moan about it. It's a bit far for me considering Mickey comes down from Bolton. So yeah, exactly. I mean, uh, as soon as I said that, I thought, uh, maybe let, not. I mean, let's <laughs> have a quick
1: word about Mick. I mean, we know Mick is a, he's a Charlton fan who he li- he lives up yeah. in Bolton and he comes all the way down on the on the coach, uh, the overnight coach uh, mm. from from Bolton to Victoria to, to watch the, the women's team and that is uh, that is support
2: and a half yeah it? I mean yeah I mean he, he, he comes down and when he can but for all the, see all the northern games he last time I see him was um, I think it was Barry. the last time I saw him I might have seen him before I can't remember <laughs> for whatever reason but um, it's because
1: you drink yeah <laughs> I drink
2: you have a problem <laughs> <laughs> no but uh, yeah no Nick he's a great lad Ah, oh, golden, but um, yeah, and obviously, he's a, even though um, he's a bit of a mental one, coming down <laughs> every weekend, especially terms meet. But, um, <laughs> yeah, no, good good as gold, Mick, and uh, yeah, hopefully I'll bump into him soon.
1: Yeah. Uh, right, let's get back to uh, looking ahead to this Saturday's game and the uh, appropriate protest. Swords, Swords Alive, sorry, on the On Nine Forum uh, t- uh, message earlier. So this is the game to get abandoned, but I don't think the Coventry fans are up for it uh, or nor uh, enough of ours. Their protest movement was only formed in the last month despite years of troubles and their message boards are mostly about predicting the result for saturday, however it is, it is a good opportunity to give focus to the issues. Maybe the longer term excuse me answer will be for the trust owned clubs to play each other, and no need for the f a or other external regulators well that 's uh, mm. quite an extreme thing but that's interesting what he says about the um he 's right about saying that the, the the jimmy hill lions. i mean I, I was looking at it and, and they're, they're, i do feel that there's something that's reasonably recently formed and they're, mm. they're looking to I mean, they're, it must be there must be quite a lot of clubs out there uh fans who, who take who take their lead from how well card are organized i, mean, yeah, I know, I know I card has their detractors that. as well but you know in terms of in terms of what i've seen out there i mean i think the i think it's the tangerine knights up at blackwood they're pretty well organized as well but in terms of yeah, the the, mass, the Massimo, the times go Massimo. at leads. They're quite well yeah. organized, but I, I think cards, most of the stuff, card does it, is pretty much knocks them out of the yeah.
2: water. Yeah, I mean, I was just about to say that. I mean, it, it, they might have been only been recently formed, but from Saturday, they might be gaining a few, few more, a few more supporters of their sort of cause. And I mean, like you said, people might look up to card because the what the, the difference is is that we don't go, we go about it in the right way. You know, we go, we do it peacefully and. You know, and amicably, and, and a lot of people can obviously ain't got short memories and realise what we've done first time around when we nearly lost the club, and I think it bodes well for for us because a lot of club will see us as like a what's the what's what's the word I am looking for, not a icon but like a, an example yeah, sort an of example something to follow to that, you know yeah. and so they don't go down the road of sort of violent protests and that sort of stuff and they, if you stick at it like the guys at card are doing and everyone else getting involved that eventually will the results will come so yeah i think they might gain a few more followers after saturday uh
1: right so in a minute we're going to hear from uh is it kevin nugent or david nugent My well, mind has gone blank uh, dave nugent against um uh, looking ahead to uh, Saturday's game. Russell Slade was ill today. I uh, hope he'll be back in time for, for Saturday's game. Uh, just quickly, we had an email in the inbox from, from Dan Haynes. Uh, not Danny Haynes. Danny Haynes. Yeah, no. so, <laughs> I think I'm assuming this is the Dan Haynes who I also work with as well. Uh, I don't know how many Dan Hayneses there are out there. But this is a Dan Haynes. Uh, he's looking back at a Rochdale game, but he wants to talk about stuff in general. He says, the Rochdale game for me was boring in the first half. And although it got better in the second half, the situation is depressing and has been for so long now. The worst in my 25 years going to watch the Addicts. Anything creative went and goes through Lukman or Holmes. Too defensive defensive-minded in the middle of the park. center half lofting it up, hoping McGuinness can knock it down. Somewhere, someone really there in a four-five-one formation. At some point, I hope we can sort out the centre-midfield area uh and and play in a way that can play to a nikki a, Nicky, a jose strength he is the only predator type that could come close to 20 this season without it forget it because who else is going to get the amount of goals we need for promotion rant over for the moment but what is there to be positive about right now so obviously he's, he's talking about the roster i mean he's looking ahead to how we can see things changing going forward and i mean everyone's picked out that the the midfield has been our, our weakness at the moment but in terms of creating chances for nikki Ajoso jose we, we haven't done that I mean, yeah. he, hasn't, he hasn't even started the last few games but you know yeah. For him, he's one who's you'd say you'd say he's disappointed so far, but you'd say he's probably disappointed because he hasn't had that service.
2: No, it, exactly that. I mean, to be fair, um, I think we we all spoke about this the other week and why we're not getting the best out of Nicky and Jose. you know, people were saying that he's lacking confidence or whatever. But I'm sorry, but you could have it, whatever first class player in your team, you could have the best two forwards of, of League One in your league in your team. If you don't play to their strengths, you're not going to get the results that you want. So that's I think the biggest disappointment for me, especially that olden game, is we lumped it up to McGuinness and even still there was no there was no one around him to pick up the flick on, so it just seemed like the easy way out. It did seem like the, the players didn't really have a way of playing or a pattern of play to try and move him about and that's and that's what's disappointing and it doesn't it, you could have Nicky or Jose on there. If you're gonna keep lumping it up to Josh every five minutes, it's not gonna work. Mm. And the time we get up down on the floor, both goals that that Nicky scored well, the first was when we got it out wide, and Josh, and that was on the floor to Josh, and and that and that's the thing that annoys me is that when we've ever played good, when we've had good passages of players, when we've got it down, so it really frustrates me as much as everyone else. That, which is lumping it and sort of hoping for the best.
1: Yeah, and SD Addicts on the channel I forum says, how do we turn our performances around? It's a genuine question. We seem to be getting worse rather than better. Slade has almost had two weeks with this team during the international break. This is the point where the team should be gelled and firing on all cylinders. If it's not now, then when? Right, let's hear from uh, Kevin Nugent. I did, I did my research. It's Kevin Nugent. Dave Nugent, of course, is it's the striker, former, really? former England striker <laughs> who scored that one goal against... And Dora from like a yard out When he stole it When he was going in already uh, So we don't want to speak to him We're going to speak to Kevin Nugent As well instead He, he stood in for a, an, an unwell Russell Slade uh, During a press conference series. This is how uh, Kevin Nugent The assistant Charlton manager Looks ahead to Saturday's game
0: Talking to the Charlton assistant manager Kevin Nugent Ahead of Saturday's home game Against Coventry Kevin Charlton Resumed match action After the international break How have you and the players Spent the time? Have you been working On the training ground? Or did you and the players just take a break from each other?
5: No, actually, we've been on the training ground uh, and getting some really good work in as well. Obviously, there's been a few players away uh, and all having good performances away for their countries as well, which is fantastic for for the team and for, for Charlton Football Club as well. Uh, no, we've been getting some work done and you know, we've, we've had a lot of time, certainly as a coaching staff and a management team, to, to really have a look and analyse and think, right, well, okay, what can we do to turn what was draws that have now gone slightly the wrong way, turn them into wins? So we've been looking
0: at some of that. So it's been pretty beneficial then?
5: Yeah, I'd like to think so. You can, only time will tell with that. But yeah, you know, we've had that, like I say, you have had a bit of time on that training ground as well. So, uh, and like I say, lots of time to, to really have a look at a few bits and pieces.
0: In the past two weeks, have you reached any fresh conclusions on how best to turn things around? Um, obviously, before, you know, we were getting too many draws
5: um, and we were hoping to, to turn them draws into three into points. Uh, it hasn't quite gone that way. Uh, so something we need, we need to now again be hard to beat again um, and we need to, to start maybe being slightly more creative and a little bit of something extra in that final third now.
0: Coventry sit bottom of the table without a home win. How imperative is it that you beat them on Saturday? It's, an, it's, a, it's, a big, it's a big game. It's early in the season, but it's a big game for us, um, as,
5: as they all are. Um, but it's one we're really looking forward to. And, you know, they've had a, they've had a change in manager. They've changed their shape around. They've, as, as always, they've just, they've just won, their, won their first game. So uh, it's going to be a tough game. We know that.
0: And, of course, you're not going to be helped because there's talk of protests at the ground. That's not going to assist you in what you're trying to achieve.
5: No, I understand there's protests uh, outside the stadium. So hopefully uh, during the ninety minutes, the supporters will really, really get behind us, um, and we'll get the three points for them.
0: Do you have any players who have taken advantage of the international break to recover from injury, and do you have a clean bill of health on Saturday? Uh,
5: there's a few. There's still again. There's lads that are coming back as well. So there's a few little niggles there. There's a um, a few couple of bits and pieces as well uh, with the players we've got here. But you know, hopefully we will have a, we'll have we'll have a strong enough squad.
0: And finally, you're deputising for manager Russell Slade, who's taken to his sickbed. Will he require a late fitness test on Saturday?
5: <laughs> no, I'm sure he'll be fine. He's just uh, he's just got a little bit of a bug, but it's nothing serious. So hopefully uh, he'll be back with us on uh, uh, Friday, Saturday. Kevin Nugent, thank you very much.
1: So we have Kevin Nugent speaking to BBC Radio Kent's Tony Hutt there, uh, looking ahead to Saturday's game. Uh, as he's standing in for Russell Slade, it sounds like we're expecting him to be back on Saturday. Uh, on Saturday. So let's look ahead to uh, Saturday's game ourselves. We do our connections, our Charlton connections. So. Uh, you put it out to vote, Nate. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And I was hoping Leon McKenzie would win because, like I say, yeah. he, he's got. He's saying. Let's do him very quickly because he's got some yeah. interesting stories. So he he didn't play for us that long, if I remember. He scored one or two goals. Yeah. Uh, but since then he's uh retired from football. Yep. Uh, spoken very openly about his mental health. Uh, we've had we had him on this show about three years ago to talk about his mental health situation. That was very brave of him. Uh, and that's why it would have been good because this week was also World Mental Health Day, so we could have talked about that a bit more. Mm. But, um, and and now he's a boxer as well, so it's quite a fascinating story really with him.
2: Yeah he's a super middleweight boxer I think he's got a, a, a fight coming up in um, I think it's middle of November I think um, he still ain't lost I think, I think it's about 9, 10, 11 pro, uh, f- pro fights or something like that so um, yeah but he's obviously gone the other way and he's obviously doing doing well for himself in another sort of sporting event shall I say um, but yeah he's he's well publicized doing his um, his mental health and it's, like you said it's a bit apt especially with um, mental health awareness week this week Um but yeah, so um, yeah, he played for us briefly. I think he only played twelve times or something. Scored one goal, but he was at commentary. Twelve goals, sixty-two goals, uh, sixty-two games, whatever. And then he started at that other team down the road in Surrey. Oh, right. Unfortunately. Well, Farnborough <laughs> United, was it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah.
1: Uh, right, so the, the, the one that actually won your vote, very yeah. briefly, Frank Musa. I mean, he scored that goal against Wigan. I mean, he was a player, when we signed him from Coventry, he'd done really well with Coventry yeah. at, at Northampton, ironically, in uh, in League One. And we were expecting big things, but I think injury problems, it never, never really happened for no. him. I mean, he
2: didn't start, he got an injury in pre-season. He was that deep lying midfielder that used to come up on the edge of it. I remember he scored against us for South End on a Friday night, I think it was. Um, he always come from deep and used to score some screamers, and yeah, it didn't really work out for him. He came came on against Wigan and scored that sort of lucky deflected shot that went over Scott Carson. But um, yeah, he's played with injuries uh when he's since he's been here. But he's moved on to Walsall. I think he's got a couple of goals there now, and I think he just needs a couple of years playing. Cause he's I still, he's only twenty seven. I thought he was older than that, but, yeah. uh, but it just shows how little he's played considering his age. So, yeah. but yeah, yeah. That, that, it, it, we had a couple more. You had Jimmy Hill that was there, suggested Herman Harideston was there. We've
1: already
2: done, Herman. Um, yeah, Herman was for the Wimbledon game, wasn't it? So yeah. I mean, yeah, you had a couple. You had some other. There was a German guy. Someone tweeted me. I can't. I don't, I've never heard of him. You had <laughs> Dietmar Bruk or something I'd Google on it. It is proper legitimate. He did play for us. <laughs> oh, we
1: could have done. We could have done a fascinating piece on him. As yeah. Well, then. Shame. yeah. Right. Let's look ahead. <laughs> Look ahead to Saturday's uh, game. Coventry City on the field. They're uh, rock bottom uh, of, of League One. They got their first win of the season away to Port Vale last time out. As, as we said, Tony Mowbray resigned a few weeks ago. Mark Venus is the, uh, the caretaker boss. They haven't gone for the interim title, which is mm. the best thing to call a, a caretaker boss. But... Uh, 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 Kevin Kevin came out and said today not not an easy game. And I saw m- my mate Benji was upset that we said that because because he, um, he thinks he should be, we should consider it an easy game. But you don't you don't go into game you don't go you definitely don't come out and say this is going to be an easy game. But you d- you can't go into any game, especially the no. way we're playing at times, thinking oh we're going to steamroller this this no. this uh, mob.
2: No, exactly. I think a lot of people would, they would admit it, but they probably would have saw Alderman and Rochdale as easy games in inverted commas, but. We're not exactly firing, firing on all cylinders at the moment, and I, I think it's going to be a cagey affair. I think a lot of people are going to be, I've, neither team are going to want to lose, but I think it'd be cagey. I reckon it's going to be a 0 0 1 0. I don't see it being a, an enticing game, to be honest.
1: Yeah, and Richard Cooley from the South London Press was reporting uh, injury problems within the squad. He says Kevin Foley uh, is receiving treatment on a calf complaint. and Jason Pierce has a slight groin niggle. Uh, so so that's He's passed l- his math test, then, I assume. Yeah, yeah but no, he's well, unless he's. he's he can't work with his other <laughs> brain. Uh, Adam Ola Lookman uh, didn't feature in the in the under twenty in the under twenties two 0 win over USA for England, but he did play the uh, the game before the three one win over Germany. So scoring assist, yeah. didn't he? Yeah. So Russell Slade actually said, from a selfish point of view, it means uh, he should be a bit fresher. Uh, he said Crofty didn't get on for Wales. He's okay and was back playing with us on Tuesday. So uh, so a couple of injury problems yeah. there to worry about. So it, it looks like we'll have to have some changes.
2: Yeah, so yeah, I mean, it'd be interesting to see if I your start. I think... For us, I think we've really got to go out there, and I know we say this every week, but we've just got to go out there and give. Well, I think the first ten minutes. I've read somewhere
1: it. that Botaka came off injured when he was playing for the Congo, but I haven't actually heard anything more from that, so I don't know if that if, that, if that's the case or indeed if if it wasn't too serious. So we we'll have to. Maybe try. that's
2: why we don't play for more than ten minutes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: maybe. Uh, right, that's pretty much. I run out of time very quickly, Nathan. Let's have a let's have a uh, prediction.
2: I'm going to go one all Jose last 1-0. minute equaliser. Yeah,
1: okay, and that will. Uh, I predict a two 0 win cool. after a. 20- 20 minute delay for a protest. (laughs) <laughs> right uh, that's all, the, all, the, all we've got time for here on Maritime Radio this has been Charlton Live uh, don't forget we'll be back on Sunday evening with uh, ex- interviews from uh, people at the protest get your emails in studio at Charlton uh, in between su- uh, Saturday's game and Sunday's show let us know uh, what you make of what happens on Saturday Nathan thanks for joining us here on a big match preview no worries cheers Luke I've been Louis Mendes this has been Charlton Live don't you can listen to all our shows uh, as podcasts on Acast and on our website uh, we'll be back here live on Maritime Radio 7pm on Sunday we'll look back at whatever happens uh, keep it legal against Coventry on, on, uh, on Saturday. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter.